With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Hokie Hangover Podcast. We are back. My name is Andrew Alex, joined today by the full cast. Trying to get these folks together for quite some time here. It's been a couple months, but better late than ever, as they say. Ian, the 757. Rick of the Blue, how you doing? I'm good, gentlemen. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm excited to be back on the pod. Uh, It's been a while. Hope you all enjoyed your your holiday season and even though we haven't really talked at all over the last uh several weeks there's a ton on the plate that we have to address and we picked a good night to start right since the schedule got released mike mcdaniel two hours acc network scheduling release how much did you get through zero zero i i actually um i actually legitimately i don't know how many listeners are actually going to believe this i legitimately at now 9 p.m when we're sitting here recording i just pulled up the schedule for the first time i got a text from scott my brother-in-law his law you know um got a text from him and he said the stretch from late september to mid-october is going to decide whether or not tech makes a bowl game and that's literally the only context I had, and I pulled the schedule up just now before we hit record, so I'm really excited to get into it. I texted you guys this weekend without knowing what we were going to talk about. I figured probably get into basketball, which we will, but I think my exact te- text message was, F you guys, we're recording this week. <laughs> and sure enough, here we are Monday night making it happen. Yeah, sometimes you've got to put a little bit of pep in the step. And there's a lot of things that can give you pep. Some of them you can get over at Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy <laughs> in downtown Blacksburg is the healthcare provider you want to go to if you want one that truly cares about you. Be a neighbor, not a number. Look no further than Main Street Pharmacy. Dr. Jeremy Gauss and his wonderful staff will take care of everything you need. God, I love that ad read. Uh, <laughs> shout Sounded out Jeremy, good. The goat. The goat. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we're here on the evening of the schedule release. Uh, we knew who the opponents would be, obviously, coming in. We knew where the non-conference opponents would be placed coming in. But, you know, in this first year kind of, uh, you know, of can't really call it an experiment because it seems to be the long-term solution. But regardless, RIP the Atlantic, RIP the Coastal, the new three Five 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 three, whatever it is. I don't three five five. The same three teams every year, and then you know the other five rotate back and forth. All fourteen teams playing each other, home and away, in at least every four years, right? Which is something that I complained about on the spot years ago, or, or up to a year ago. I had lived in Blacksburg for eight years at that point and never seen Florida State come to town. Now with the new model, anyone who goes to an ACC university for four years will have the chance to see each ACC opponent come to town at least once during their tenure. I think that's pretty cool. How ironic is it that Florida State is hosting us this year, so we still don't get we still don't get Florida State in Blacksburg. Boys, that might be a road, that might be a road trip game for me I, I didn't go to a game last year obviously baby's born very little can't go um baby's gonna be a little bit bigger this fall florida state might be a roadie 
Yeah, my my girlfriend has family that uh, went to Florida State, and uh, her and I were watching the schedule reveal earlier this evening, and um, she said, "Can we go to that?" And I was like, "Ooh, I mean, if you're interested to go into Tallahassee for a Tech game, I'm not gonna not gonna say no." All I will say is, I've had um, I was I was at the game a few years ago in Tallahassee, and um, bar scene, unreal, unreal bar scene. So, you had my attention. Uh, <laughs> knew I would. It's a uh, road venue I would recommend. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, taking a look at the schedule, obviously, we could start off with the part that, like, everybody knows, and those were the non-conference games coming into the year. ODU, not in Ricky's neck of the woods this time around. Seems like uh, it's probably a good thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I uh... – the next time Virginia Tech travels to to here to play Old Dominion, I don't think I'm going to attend the game as a fan because please don't. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> this past year was pretty damn miserable. It's quite a few common denominators, but I'll take to blaming you on this one. But regardless, Old Dominion comes to town. You know we don't need to talk about it too much, but I'm not going to make the mistake to say that it's an easy layup week one. I'd, you, I'd go it's ahead fair at this point. I would I would go ahead and try to win that one this time. Yeah, is I mean the advice I, mean, I would te- give. To to be fair, Tech has not lost to Old Dominion inside Lane Stadium. In fact, every time they've played ODU inside Lane Stadium in recent memory, they've beat the brakes off of them. So one would hope that they would be able to do that this year. But um, one I, would have hoped they could beat them on the road too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong. I mean, should have. Ricky Ronnie deserves some credit for what he's doing down there for a, a program that's been kind of, I mean, irrelevant even on the lower levels for most of most of their existence. Uh, Bobby Wilder got them to like a Bahamas Bowl like a year before he retired. There are uh, worse venues. Yeah, and then Ricky Ronnie's first year they don't even play right because they the the school canceled the entire season and. We're not here to debate that, but given all of the things that are kind of working against him, um, the the athletic department getting into the Sun Belt, like I, I think Old Dominion's in a much better spot now than they were five years ago, and uh, Ronnie's got that kind of experience where he can recruit enough talent, I think, to to at least be competitive. And uh, those boys are going to come into Blacksburg with some confidence now. Like, don't don't think that they're going to come in with their boots shaking, right? Like they, they beat tech less than a year ago. And for a lot of those guys, this is going to be their Super Bowl coming to lane stadium. Yeah. There's no reason to, we talked about this, like going into last year and that was before it kind of bottomed out the way that it did. We were a little bit more optimistic about things going into last year, thinking tech way would be a lot better. <laughs> um, I don't think any of us saw three and eight coming. But, uh, I mean, we said at the time, don't overlook anybody. And then three and eight happened, right? So now, like, really don't overlook anybody, even with new personnel and all that stuff. We'll get into that next week. We're not going to talk about that too much tonight. But, like, new players coming into the program, you hope that the talent level is upped a little bit. Even so, like, you can't be overlooking literally anybody on this schedule. And... On paper, you know, there are there are a handful of tough games, but you know, it's a it's another workable schedule for the second consecutive season, but that doesn't really mean anything if you're not fielding a team that's gonna be competitive. So I would advise uh I would advise tech to win that opener against ODU. What are the odds that Virginia Tech goes 0 and two against the Sun Belt this year? <clears throat> <clears throat> Off. <laughs> I mean, Marshall I was like against... to say not particularly high. I mean, Marshall, Marshall was not very good last year. They beat Notre Dame in South Bend, and that you know Notre Dame was it wasn't their best year, but they Marshall won the year was nine and four last year. What are you talking about? They were uh, halfway through uh, halfway through Sun Belt play. They were not the team that I think a lot of people thought they would be coming off that Notre Dame win. Is what I would say. Oh, sure. But I mean, they still won nine games. Yeah. In a conference that isn't bad. Like, 
The fun belt. Yeah. 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 It's the fun belt. I mean, I, I fun don't belt know, Tuesdays. I, I don't know what, I don't know what Marshall's roster looks like after the off season. Like I haven't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that like Marshall's improved in this area and, and not improved in that area. <laughs> you know like, that I'd be like, I don't know. Get a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would have, I would have no life if I breaking give down you a readout of Marshall in <laughs> January. Um, but no, like I, I'm not going to overlook the Marshall game on the road. Hell no. I don't Absolutely think not. I don't think to the original question that you just posed, Ricky, I, I don't think it's a particularly high what is, percentage. What is more Texas likely? Is it more likely that Virginia tech goes two and O or O and two against the fun belt this year? Oh, and two. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say two and O, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if, and like, Mike, we, we were talking about this before we started recording. If Virginia Tech is going to make a bowl game, I think they need to go 2-0 against these 2-0 uh, against the Sun Belt this year. I would say so. Like, yes. I think they actually need to go undefeated in non-conference play. Um, at least 3-1 and one in order to in order to get there. And um, Purdue, I know we talked about that before recording. That's a brand-new head coach. Like, never been a head coach before ever. Was kind of an off-the-radar hire. I'm pretty sure they're losing their quarterback after this year because I think he just finished his 13th year of eligibility. He's in the draft. Yeah, Rutgers. Um, Andrew's gonna be able to give us a scout. They're gonna be annoying. They're gonna be annoying. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm. I would not I'd be shocked if Virginia Tech wins that game. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, on the road. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Old Dominion Marshall. That, that, I think you got to go two and zero. Oh, and if you had to. If you had to force me to bet on two and zero or zero and two, I don't know which one I'd pick. To be quite honest, I mean the team just won three games. Yeah, so I don't think anyone's out here. Marshall tripled Virginia Tech's win total last year. Yeah, triple three games, three games that were won, and now like a lot of roster turnover. And by the way, we'd like to think that you know the roster's improved, and I mean I I think some of these guys are certainly going to help. I do think they're they're good players coming in via the portal, but like, you don't know until the games are played. I mean, yeah, Kyron drones, everybody's, you know, hyping Kyron drones up. I'm excited for Kyron drones too, but like he hasn't really played yet at the collegiate level, right? He's, he's taken some snaps for Baylor, but he hasn't really played. So, you know, everybody was high on Grant Wells and he had experience and he came in, didn't play particularly well last year. So, I'd like to think that the personnel coming in via the portal is really going to kind of make things a little bit better. I mean, that's the goal, but we really don't, I mean, we really don't know until they kind of step foot on the field and you see what you got. Yeah. And and you do at least early on, right. Play with the challenge of the fact that most of these skill position players have never played a real game together before. Yeah. Like almost everyone that's expected to be a contributor. Yeah. I mean, the, so, the, the one variable that you feel like is that you can, you feel like is an automatic improvement is the coaching staff. I think that these guys are in their second year. Brent Pry hopefully has learned from his myriad of mistakes from last season. Um, you have to hope that the coaching staff is going to be a little bit better in terms of developing game plans executing game plans, play calling, adjustments, all those sorts of things, game management, clock management. Um, hopefully that's not going to be as much of an issue this year. But, I mean, when when your team is is on the ropes in terms of talent, like all of those all of those issues get magnified. Yeah. You know, your, your inability to call a good game plan or your inability to prepare or inability to manage the clock, all that stuff gets – put it on under a magnifying glass if you don't have the talent. So um, I think we're going to learn a lot about the coaching staff in the first few weeks of the year, given that they've got back-to-back road trips to finish non-conference play. um, One of which is against the power five team. And then two weeks later, they've got probably the toughest game on the schedule at Florida state. Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Florida State could win the ACC next year. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're legit. And 
if they're not going to win the ACC, I think they're at least going to be in the conversation, you know, based on what they did this year and kind of what they're returning, barring injury. Um, that's a tough game. Yeah, it's a really tough game. And, you know, Pitt's not going to be easy either. You know, I, I think Phil Dracovic is probably an upgraded quarterback from, you know, yeah, what but they can had he stay there. healthy? And can he stay healthy, right? That That's that's a question. And, you know, he, he stayed pretty healthy this year, and he wasn't really the quarterback that he was in 2020 yeah. when we were all kind of praising him at BC. So, you know, we think that's an upgrade, right, at, at, at quarterback for Pittsburgh, but we're not 100% positive. And there, there are a lot of question marks, right? Um, you kind of go down go down the schedule and, you know, we just pinpointed that Florida State game. I mean, Florida State is probably the surest thing on the schedule in terms of, like, what they have coming back and, like, who we think that team's going to be. The rest of the schedule, it's really interesting, right? I mean, it, when you get into ACC play, Pitt's got a new quarterback. Florida State's going to be really good. Wake's going to have a new quarterback. Syracuse is going to have uh, – Sean Tucker's gone. Um, I think Garrett Schrader might actually be returning, but Sean Tucker's gone. Louisville, new coach, new quarterback. BC, still have Halfley there, new quarterback. NC State, new quarterback. UVA, new quarterback. <laughs> There's well, NC State may or may not well, – wait, no, NC State got Armstrong, right? They got Brian Armstrong. Yeah. yeah, so And, I mean, you assume that he'll be the starter over MJ Morris. I mean, you don't probably yeah. don't transfer – I mean, old OC with Robert and I there. Um, yeah, man, like – NC State should be pretty good. I mean, assuming everything goes smoothly on offense, you return a lot of talent defensively. They should should still be pretty solid. That'll be a tough game, but you get that in Blacksburg. There are a lot of questions on this schedule with a lot of the teams Tech is playing too, which makes this kind of fun to talk about because I think this could be anywhere from like another three or four win season. Hopefully not. It's or it, it, better. I was gonna say it's kind of similar to last year. Remember, remember the big discussion you and I got into about the schedule being soft. Mm-hmm. And now we were talking about like, yes, the schedule's soft, but so is Virginia but, Tech. Right. Well, I think it's the, kind of the same, the same predicament going into this year. Like, there's only, there's only two teams, at least that from on paper that I'm aware of at the moment that I feel like will be ranked throughout the, the season, and it'd be Florida State and NC State. Right. Everyone, I mean, maybe, maybe Pitt sneaks in there somewhere. Syracuse, I don't know. Um, but most of the schedule is not very good. And right. there's, a, there's a ton of uncertainty with most of these programs. So, like, th- th- there is a lot of room for for growth and optimism heading into the season because if Virginia Tech can just get their ish together, which is a big task, let's not overlook that, but if they can figure some things out, like there are a lot of winnable games on the schedule. If you can even get yourself to a mediocre level of football. Right. I mean, I'm there's not... reason to believe that. Right. I mean, despite losing it. And again, that's where some of these coaching mistakes and the lack of discipline were magnified. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of plays here, a couple of plays there. Virginia Tech, not such a bad spot. But yeah. alas, that didn't happen. They couldn't get anything going offensively. But you bring in a bunch of new offensive talent. How talented, you know, at least at the ACC level, that remains to be seen for the most part. But, you know, there's there's reason for optimism. But at the same time, like you said, it was such a similar song and dance last year where maybe instead of talking about the quarterback, we were talking more about coaching changes you know in some situations the quarterbacks like they didn't know drake may was going to be drake may we knew he was a highly touted prospect they had just lost sam how we didn't think they were going to get better at the quarterback position. yeah that was yeah didn't have that on my bingo card you know? yeah not not that quick i mean we thought maybe like eventually you know he, he could be that guy but it was like a legit like redshirt freshman just like a clear upgrade over howell clear upgrade and Howell was a good quarterback for Carolina for a while yeah Sam Howell might be a week one starter in the NFL next year yeah yeah legitimately that's that's not off the table so yeah yeah no kidding and you know to the same token though like you also didn't think that we'd have a nine win Duke team yep like yeah. We were talking that Duke is potentially the worst team in Power Five. Yeah. 
I, which, I mean, shocking what Elko did in year one. Shocking. Which, you know, I think kind of tying that into Virginia Tech, I mean, I think it gave a lot of Tech fans, like, cause for concern, which I think is fair, right? It's, Absolutely. You know, it's a – and I don't know what the answer – you know, pe- people have asked me, and I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, they say, well, look at what Elko inherited at Duke. You know, why couldn't Tech do something similar under Pry? I don't know. I mean, I, I, the easy answer, I guess, is like Duke had quarterback figured out and Virginia Tech didn't. But even so, like, I think even if Virginia Tech had quarterback figured out last year, there were a lot of other issues on the roster, you know, that plagued the Hokies, maybe not to the tune of three and eight, right? Maybe if you have Grant Wells either A, play better, or just B, have somebody in who's better than Grant Wells. You know, you at least win five or six games, but I'm not sure you you do what Elko did and win nine in year one, even if you had quarterback figured out. Because like Riley Leonard, legit, like real good player, but it was more than that at Duke, in my opinion. It, a lot of other positions were elevated under Mike Elko, and you just really couldn't say the same about Virginia Tech, really, in any sense, right? So you miss Duke on this schedule, you know you. You miss Clemson, which I, I think getting Garrett Riley at offense coordinator is probably a pretty big upgrade, you know. Um, and Klubnik is probably a – playing full-time over over DJ. DJU. I, yep. I feel like that's a, that's a pretty large upgrade. Yep. And I do – you know, you miss Miami, which a lot of people are like, oh, I wish kind of wish we played Miami, which, I mean, I do too just for the – I wish Miami was always on the schedule. I'm in that camp. But, like – I'm in I'm of the opinion that Miami should should be significantly better next season. Like I just think that's I think they should be better. Um so I mean you miss Miami, you miss Clemson, you miss Duke. You know, you're missing three of the better rosters in, and you miss in the Carolina. ACC. And you miss Car- yeah, and you miss Carolina. Thank you. Yeah, you miss Carolina too and Drake May. So you're getting outside of Florida State, you're getting a pretty workable schedule here, but the outcomes are just going to be totally dependent on like if Virginia tech has their own stuff figured out, which I mean, first and foremost should be the thing we pay attention to every year. You know, we love to say what this team has or doesn't have what this other team does or doesn't have, but like, what do you got? You know what I mean? And we all thought incorrectly, we all thought that tech had a lot better going into last year than they actually had right and whether or not that's the case i mean i maybe, maybe the talent was there and the coaching wasn't you know <laughs> but it's probably a little bit of both the answer always kind of lies somewhere in the middle i mean let's not sugarcoat it though they went three and eight with a weak ass schedule yeah like who is actually good north carolina carolina duke duke and nc state nc state they played without their starting quarterback like, yeah. you know, I mean, it was not only that it was, I mean, it was a true freshman. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, for like half the game and that's a good, good player, Ethan, by the way, but yeah. Right. I mean, the reality is like, yeah, I, I think that there was re how do I put this? There wasn't really reason for optimism. And there were people who were being optimistic. Ricky was being optimistic, which was very weird. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there <laughs> never, there, never and, look, and look what that got me. Damn it. Never yeah, do look, that again. Look Ricky what happened when I got optimistic. Of, <laughs> Rick went yeah, Ricky off found script. himself in a corner of hokey Twitter that he does not usually align with. <laughs> I was going to say, and let's, let's, he was let's wrong. yeah, let's, let's back up. Ricky went off script and then he went to the old dominion game and look what happened. So yeah. this really the demise of Virginia Tech last season is all because I decided to be a bit more cheery, a bit more positive, a bit it's, more optimistic. Yeah, we need Rick we need went uh, a little off brand. We need a little more Eeyore from you, Ricky. Come on, uh, <laughs> hey, you, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, I mean, it was Duke and Carolina. Pitt was, I mean, Pitt was the world beater. West Virginia wasn't good at all. Uh, Boston College they beat. They were terrible. Uh, Old Dominion wasn't good. Georgia Tech was obviously a winnable game. Could have beaten NC State given the circumstances. Anyone could have beaten Miami. Rick Stock still did it. Yeah. Hawaii Bowl champion Rick Stock still, by the way. Um, yes. You know, Duke was a game that they probably should have lost. But again, it's not like Duke 
we're not talking about Clemson here. Like three and eight, three and eight. So let's, you know, cancel this false notion that where Virginia Tech is right now, that at any point we can look at this schedule and say like, oh, that's a win. You can't, but to your point, and again, we're working with limited information. You look at the teams and what we know about them and what we know about Virginia Tech. And there's not a lot of games that you look at and say, that is a definitive L. So good luck predicting this game by game. I hope to see a lot less consistency than I usually do, you know, in these prediction articles game by game like you know it wouldn't blow me out of the water if virginia tech was four and oh coming out of non-conference play it's not impossible it's Rutgers, purdue with the new head coach and two sunbelt teams yeah i mean they were one in three i'm not gonna lie i'd be pretty shook <laughs> they were one in three <laughs> no virginia tech goes four and oh to start I think oh i don't know i don't know what i do because then i'm looking at the rest of the schedule and i'm like man this is a this is a nine or ten win schedule if tech starts four and oh because that's yeah. what you'd be i mean okay that's three what you'd and be one, one and three three and one one and three what's more likely yeah um well, I mean, I I feel like I almost have to say one and three because I said zero oh, and two was more likely with the Sun Belt thing. So I can't, I can't, I can't contradict myself, can I? Can I go back on that? I mean, if you do want. what you want. I th- well, I think got ten months. Take a okay. stand, Michael. I think, I think what's well, you guys. Well, I mean, taking a stand would be me saying it's probably more likely going to be one and one. Uh, <laughs> I think. I mean. I don't know what to I don't know what to make of the the Sun Belt teams, right? But you know, you hope Tech is favored in both of those games. Going on the road to Marshall feels like a, a game that Virginia Tech could absolutely lose. It's going to be like, like the biggest game in Marshall Stadium. Years. Like, I mean that yeah, that's, that's a game that historically Virginia Tech goes in, they like lay an egg. It's like why are you, and and then you ask yourself after the game, much like we did against Old Old Dominion last year, where like fans want to choose to blame the Virginia Tech scheduled game there, which I mean. I'm not a fan of Virginia Tech going on the road to Old Dominion either, but like that's not why Virginia Tech lost, right? And you're going to have fans doing the same thing once Tech goes to Huntington, West Virginia, and loses to Marshall. We're going to have fans doing the same thing. Why are we playing games on the road at Marshall? Yeah, that'll that'll frustrate me just as much. Well, remember, the reason that we're doing this is because we needed that extra game in 2018 to make a bowl. (laughs) Yeah, and I was at that home game. That was I was too. I was too. What was the last time Virginia Tech played at Marshall? Let's see. Oh, it hasn't been that long. 2011. I mean, Marshall used to be a regular on the schedule back in the Big East days. They were regular. I mean, they what, were always on the knock-on. What game on the schedule are y'all most excited about? Home game or just in general? Just game in general. Well, I think, well, if Tech if Tech starts out 4-0, I'm going to tie in another question that you just had. Like, if Tech starts out four and oh right or three and one um and let's say they they beat Pitt and they're like either five and oh or four and one like going on the road to florida state now becomes a game not that you would expect virginia tech to win but it would be a good measuring stick game for the program right in year two with pry it's like you're lacking really any sort of wins last year and now you're trying to find like a signature win in year two i think that's like a clear like what you're looking for in a program is like a clear sign of progress. And I feel like going up against a Florida state team is probably going to be preseason top 10. And if Florida state's still undefeated there in, in early October, it's still ranked pretty high going into Tallahassee and playing well, not even winning, just like playing well in that game, I think would be like a big measuring stick barometer check of the program. So that's a game kind of selfishly. I'm excited to see kind of how Virginia tech matches up because we didn't really have a lot of opportunities last year, in my opinion, to see Virginia Tech against that kind of competition. There just wasn't, and and you're not really outside of Florida State on the schedule, you're not really going to see Virginia Tech up against a team like that, right? So that's the game I'm most excited for, because we haven't seen Pry in that kind of game yet. You know, how does this team look in in a big game, right? Does the team play up to the competition a little bit in a game they're probably supposed to lose? I'm going to go with the Purdue game. Like, Big Ten opponent, 
coming in the lane stadium. Um, my gut tells me that Brom didn't leave a bad roster behind when he left, even though there's a significant change of quarterback. Um, and also too, kind of a, from a conspiratorial point of view, like if, if the, if the college football landscape continues to go in the direction that it's going and these, these conferences keep gobbling up programs, like seeing Virginia tech beat a big 10 team would be kind of a nice little feather in our cap. I think as we worry about those conversations, because, and you're getting two opportunities right in back-to-back weeks to beat a big 10 team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I feel like more so like with Purdue because they've historically been better than Rutgers. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, yes. Um, I feel like beating – even though it's on – even though it's at home, beating Purdue might carry a bit more weight. But regardless – Would. I just be, – beating a Big Ten team I feel like is kind of important this year. So in that little two-game stretch, I feel like you got to win at least one of those. I feel like the Purdue game is the easier one considering all the changes that's going on over there. But – I'm kind of excited about that game. I bet Purdue will travel well, um, and they'll probably fill out most of their section. And, you know, er- early September, you're probably looking at really good weather. So that should be a, a really fun game. Hopefully they don't pick that game as, like, some whiteout crap. Like, don't let that game be a whiteout game, please. Yeah, and don't let it be played on, like, a regional sports network. Like, don't let it be, like, the oh, – hell no – the I would, I would love for special. this game to be like a 3.30 ESPN kick. Yeah. Like that, my... would be, that would be ideal, or even a noon kick on ESPN. Just but like not on don't, – don't put it on the ACC network. Like don't put it on – don't put it on ACC network extra. Don't I was going to say – Don't put it on Masson. As my, esteemed, get. as my esteemed colleague on my, uh, my ACC podcast, Joey Weaver, would say, is this game the Jefferson Pilot special? I hope not. <laughs> Like, let's stop playing games on Raycom Sports. You know, go throw it in the Wayback Machine or on uh, the recently bankrupt Bally Sports. Like, <laughs> that is true. Can we please put games on ACC Network and ABC? Of course, like, tech, Tech's brand is down bad, though. So, like, I get why, you know, Tech wouldn't be on ABC, ESPN, et cetera, right now. But I feel like a, a game against Purdue at home i feel like i feel like that would get neutral observers you know kind of curious as to what both those teams will be you know new coaching staff for purdue uh relatively new coaching staff for virginia tech and seems like a brand new roster i feel like that would get that's an early non-conference game i feel like people would turn into i think an acc big 10 like you know non-conference game tends to find its way to television Especially yeah. with Virginia Tech carries a somewhat of a brand name still producing the Big Ten. You know, they've been good in recent years. The game I'm looking at, though, and this is with, you know, real cautious optimism. But if Tech can do a little sunbelt sweep and then take one of Purdue Rutgers, the environment at the pit game would be fantastic. Yeah. If you have a three at one, three and one tech, you know, presumably has won. I mean, one, maybe two of their first home games. And if they beat Rutgers, I assume that and lose to Pitt or Purdue, I assume that they would have a good showing at Purdue. Going into pit, people would start to say like, all right, this is legit because if you do get through those first four games, I don't know. I think Purdue and Rutgers are pretty good barometers on like how you'll face random ACC teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I would say like, so. If you like... if you could beat in both those games, the rest of the schedule looks more like daunting be than it should. Better. Right, yeah. more more daunting than it should. Um, and the one thing we haven't really pointed out yet, like yeah, that's the ACC opener. That'll be a huge game. Just regardless, even even if Tech doesn't play well in the non conference, like. ACC opener, like it's really important to get started on the right foot, especially when you're staring Florida State in the face the following week on the road. But the one thing we haven't really talked about yet is 
Virginia Tech gets outside of Florida State, Virginia Tech gets basically all of its like toss up or like tougher games at home. Purdue is at home. Pitt is at home. Wake's at home. Um, NC State is at home. Like outside of Florida State, like who are you like extremely afraid in ACC play? Like who are you extremely afraid of like going on the road to? Like Louisville, maybe Louisville with with Brom, but like that's a year one situation. Like at BC, are you really scared of going to Chestnut Hill right now? And then at UVA, are you scared of going to Charlottesville? I mean, the tougher ACC games outside of Florida State are all at home, and I mean that yeah. that sets up it sets up pretty well. I mean, I don't know, man. I I just feel like if I, I feel like for prize sake, like you gotta. You got to try to win seven. I, I maybe that's unreasonable after only winning three last year, but I think you, know, you got to at least win seven with this schedule. You know the way it, and and regardless of what you think of these teams on the schedule, just like how it sets up and like who you're getting when, and this is probably Tech's. This is a more workable schedule, I think, for Virginia Tech than a year ago, even. Yeah, this schedule's relatively easy, um, all things considered. Uh, one last point I wanted to make, kind of going off Mike's. Uh, Jefferson pilot game of the week. If Virginia Tech is one and two going into the Marshall game, mm. Virginia Tech at Marshall that screams Raycon Sports. Yeah, that screams Raycon. That screams twelve thirty. Twelve thirty starts. I'm googling illegal streams to find it. Like, yep, that's that's your. That's your one game on the on the schedule where I look at it and I'm like, hmm. That's the uh, that's the 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 toilet bowl game. Yeah. See, there is Virginia Tech's one and two going into it. So the thing is, though, you can you know you work work this optimistically, you can work this pessimistically, and like to the point, you know, I just made how the pick game would be so exciting at three and one. The pick game would be so incredibly daunting i mean it's not unrealistic to think virginia tech could lose to both purdue and Rutgers, right yep. and then you split then you the gotta go belt. on the road to marshall yeah and you know even if you win that and you're two and two going into pit knowing with that florida state you know is right on the horizon and then suddenly just knowing this fan base like there the beginning of the season is so important it is because perception is like so big in terms of just momentum and all that and like obviously like you can turn around your season at the end like it happens in football every year but for pry and what they're trying to build and you know people missed the boat on virginia tech last year obviously maybe expectations were a little bit higher for some than they should have been but that team definitely could have won more than three football games, regardless of the lack of talent. There wasn't a ton of talent, you know, across the way in most games. I'm gonna so, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. There is a non-zero chance that Virginia Tech starts the year 0 and six. So just just saying I, it's it's a non-zero chance. So so I was actually right after, you know, Andrew was done talking there I, and it was going to play into his point. Now it's really going to play into yours, Ricky. It's, it's, this, is, this is a great transition here. What is the worst case scenario for Virginia Tech in, oh, oh, in the upcoming season? No, no, just like in the, in the season period, oh, right? Because um, I'm, I'm looking at this and I agree with you. I mean, I would be pretty surprised if Tech went 0-6 oh and, oh and to start the year. But let's let's just even take – Let's all right. So, so let's say Tech goes one and three. Let's let's say you know plays into Andrew's scenario, right? Tech goes one and three in the non-con, and that pit game looks really daunting. I mean, they're really staring like one and five in the face, right? Because you you could lose to Pitt, then you're on the road to Florida State. You're almost assuredly going to lose that game. That's by far the most losable game on the schedule. Um, so at that point, Pry would be four and thirteen as head coach, going into mid-October year two. Uh, I don't care what you're recruiting. Um, I don't think you can, 
I don't think you can start your tenure four and thirteen. It's a tough spin. I don't yeah, know dude. how you spin. I don't know how you spin that. Like Fuente, and and we we had this conversation on this podcast, and I don't want to talk about Fuente because he's gone. <laughs> but like we got to bring this back up, bro. The the cupboard wasn't that bare, right? The tenure yeah. four and thirteen into year two of the tenure, like the jig is up at that point, right? Yeah, I mean. If we want to go doomsday here, so you're one and five after Florida State, you're one and six after after Wake Forest because they're going to be better. Co- I mean, at that point, you're, right? At you're, that point, you're, you're one and seven because you're going to lose to Syracuse, especially <laughs> if Garrett Trader's back. We'll, we'll say they beat Louisville and they're two and seven, right? And then maybe, or no, 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 no. We'll say they lose to Louisville but beat Boston College, so you're two and eight. With NC State and UVA, and then you're fight you're you're scrambling to get back to three wins. That is your worst case scenario. So I was gonna say, so you're once again three and eight going into the UVA game at the end of the year. Hmm. Ain't no way in hell, bro. I, I'm telling you, man. You cannot you cannot recruit two straight three win seasons. This is a this is a like. I, I really don't want to don't want to go down this conversation because it really we haven't even we're not even in spring ball of year two yet. But like this is a really important year, right? I mean, it, it was gotta, always going to be. It was you've always got to show important. you've got to show some level of competence in, in at least in year two. I mean, it was always going to be important. It's even more important now that Texas went three and eight in year one. Like it's even yeah. more important now. Year two is always important in a rebuild. Yeah. Um. But when year one is as almost catastrophic as it was, I mean, let's be honest. Like year one was a, a, about a worst case scenario. Like, I I hope I so. I can't think of anything that happened in year one, like that. Like I I can't envision how it would get worse than that. I mean, I thought bottoming out going into last year and I didn't think that I thought I thought I think my official prediction uh when we did the predictions for VT scoop and then I because I missed the podcast uh for the predictions here you guys hit with John uh my official prediction was seven and five but I thought like worst case scenario was four and eight and maybe tech could have gotten there if that UVA game got played I don't know I mean both teams were struggling last year um I thought worst case scenario was four and eight but like even if Tech won that UVA game, like four and eight last year, it would have felt like so much worse than actually the, than the record. You know what I mean? Like this felt like worse than a, a, a th- even a three win team. That this felt at times like a one win a one win team. Like it it felt like one of the worst teams in the Power Five. They were they were a one win offense. That's for damn sure. I mean, Virginia Tech's offense was worse um, in SP plus. Uh, they had a worse offense in Iowa and Iowa was getting raked over the coals for how bad their offense was last year. And Virginia Tech was like 15 spots worse. Yeah. Shocking. Here's what, here's why it felt like a one win season is the only win that really felt like a win was Boston college. Yeah. You lose to old dominion. You come, you play Boston college. You won. We didn't know Boston college was as bad as they are. They played Wofford. Wofford was, you know, Strangely up as one of the worst teams in the FCS. And they did not roll over. And they did not either. roll them. They, Strangely they, competitive. Yeah. By the time bit. they played Liberty, you'd really have, you're really searching for something, you know, to make you feel good. It yeah. didn't compensate for all the pain you had felt before. It was a he, lost season. Yeah. Hugh Freeze was on his way out too. So it's like, how serious was. <laughs> like, yeah. He had one foot out the door. Like one thing, and that's one thing Virginia Tech fans have never really experienced before, right? Because we always were on well, the at cusp. least not not since like the early nineties. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, well, yeah. at least at least years. in the you know beginning of the decline, if you will. The Twitter fan base, the t- the Twitter fan base, which is like yes. everybody under the age of like thirty five, has never seen anything like this. Like that yeah. they can really remember. Just the season was done by mid October. Right. Like it is what it is. We didn't have a military bowl berth to fight for, you know, down to the last game of the season where you schedule Marshall, pay them, and then tell them you'll come on the road five years later and play them. 
God. And I think, and and I, I mean, I, I do think this will be better this year, right? Like, I do think, um, like, as I sit here in late January, right, the same, same month as the national championship from last season was played. Like, I think, I do think Tech will be better. I don't think it'll be a three-win season. But, like, to Ricky's point, year two is so incredibly important because year one was so bad right? Like so, so bad. And you can bottom out once you can't bottom out twice. Right. And it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but like, can you, I can't even imagine this team only winning three games again. I can't imagine. Like, could it happen? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know what this rod, like, I don't know if any of these players are going to be any good offensively. I have no idea. Um, I still don't know if Tyler Bowen's any good. I don't know. Like, a lot of people want to to early you know, returns are not good. <laughs> early returns are not good. A lot of people want to throw Tyler Brown to the fire. I still think it's probably too early to tell. Maybe those people are right. I, this is a big year for him, right? Um, I'll tell you what, man. Like, if Tech were to be that bad, like mandatory staff changes. Like you're not firing Pry yet, but like mandatory. I don't think, but like mandatory staff changes if they only win like three or four games again. Like you got it. You got to turn over something. Like clearly, it's not working with the assistants because, again, Fuente. There were some players that left. Like Tavion left, and, and Trey Turner decided. You know, he was done playing college football. He was going to try the NFL route, and you know, quarterback got weird, and a lot of stuff didn't go well. But like. Fuente didn't leave a roster that was that poor behind, I didn't think. And if you go three and eight and then have another like three or four one year, I think it's almost like mandatory staff changes. Like I don't care how you're recruiting, et cetera. And like maybe it does get turned around in year three, but I just don't think that what Babcock would allow it, considering I think the pressure that he would be under, you know, if it looks like another head coaching hire is not turning out well on the football side, because legitimately, like for as well as the other athletic programs are doing, like football matters so much to this school. It matters so much to a lot of schools. They're playing big time college football because college football is the revenue driver, the revenue driver for a lot of these schools, unless you're like Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. Um, football is the revenue driver. You can't screw up two coaching hires and keep your own job, right? For as good as the rest of the, for, for as well as the rest of the athletic department is performing, like Wit is not going to survive another failed coaching hire at Virginia Tech. So it's a lot of pressure for him too. And like, if he sees this thing starting to go off the rails a little bit, he's going to put some pressure on pride and maybe, you know, turn over the assistance. And I, I hope it doesn't come to that, but like, I'm thinking worst case scenario. Now let's flip it. Best case scenario. I, I think they can win nine. Ooh. Nine. Nine's falling a lot. Falling into the trap I fell into last year, Mikey. I think they can win. I mean, absolute best case scenario. Like every ACC team, I mean, and again, you got to take care of yourself. Every ACC team here has questions except for Florida state, every single one of them. And a lot of them are replacing the most important position on the field and several are replacing head coach. I mean, non-con we've been hammering this point, this entire podcast, non-con is going to tell us everything. It's going to tell us literally everything about the rest of the year is how tech yeah, performs. Thankfully, we don't have a wasted week against an FCS team this year. Like I, that's that's another great point. Like like, like not only not only do yeah yeah well let's I mean I don't know if we've made that point clear yet but this is my my favorite non-con schedule that I've seen in in several years. Yeah, definitely. Like like not only do I get a, a Big Ten team at home, I know it's not like an elite Big Ten team, but I get a Big Ten team at home. I get a road trip to a Big Ten team, and then I get two regional programs that for that are unfortunately like a, a thorn in our side kind of right like especially old dominion but like i'm getting two i'm getting two teams from one of the best uh group of five conferences and i'm getting two teams from one of the best football conferences in america and i don't have to waste a week watching them you know score 23 points against delaware or 27 against Richmond or some something like that. Like I don't have to worry about that this year. A struggle versus Wofford for the first half. Yeah. So like I mean, you're right. We're I think we're going to learn just about all we need to learn in the first four weeks of the season. 
Yeah, it's going to be a bummer, though, you know, missing out on seeing Tim Thomas convulsing <laughs> as the fans leave the stadium at halftime against Furman. But <laughs> I was going to – I actually almost brought that up. How about <laughs> losing at halftime to Furman? Oh, man. But, I mean, it's all good, right? I mean, it's uh... a good schedule. You like the teams you see. There's no, like, madly overbearing opponent that Tech has no business facing in the state that they're in. Like, Andrew, you know you have to DM Tim after the pod, right? And be like, hey, <laughs> you remember when? You got a shout out on the podcast and it wasn't all that great. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet Timmy. Timmy knows I love him. Uh, I mean, Timmy he was not way I mean, back. I, I was, I mean, I, I was in the press, I was in the press box thing next to you guys for that Urban game. Like, he was not, he was like, how, he literally had no idea how it was happening. To be fair, neither did I. But like, he was sitting there, he's like, how, he was looking at everybody, he's like, how is this happening? It's like, I don't know. I don't know how this is happening. Timmy, I, mean, I don't, I don't have the answers you need. I went to, that I went team to went on several, to win like go, six go out of seven games. Just saying. I went to several tech games last year and unfortunately where I sat in the box, like I could see the stream of fans leaving the game, like steadily throughout the game. Like I really don't want to see that this year. No, no. That was, and the fan base, that was, was the fan base was great, man. Like the, the early, well, they were great for a quarter, but then, but then they're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've had enough because the team's losing already. And, and we've won two games this year and I've, I've seen enough. So like, you can only blame the fans, but so much. I know. I agree. I just thought at the some fans point you have to awesome. give them a, 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 a you have to give them a product they they are enjoy watching. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the whole attendance, like people at least show up to the game at some point. You know, right, right. Yeah, they, then they uh, watch us go down fourteen three, and they're like, "Yeah, rail sounds pretty good." <laughs> yeah, just human nature. Right? Can't blame them. Yeah, I can't blame them. A rail would sound pretty good. Yeah, Plus, like, like their other yeah, good... down fourteen to three. That's exactly what I need at that point. Yeah, I was like, I'll go get a rail. Plus, there are some other games on right now in the three thirty window. They're pretty damn good. So I'm just gonna go check those out. Yeah, and start drinking, and then I'll just like score check. Which yeah, is I... truthfully how a lot of these games went last year. Like even watching from home, it was like okay, this is going poorly. Let's see what this game's got going on. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough, you know, at the end of the season. Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, they're listening. I live in Charlotte now. And you know, Charlotte's got Graham Street Pub, which is usually a pretty strong hokey bar for any Virginia Tech sporting event. And from against Old Dominion, having to get there early, to even secure a seat to the Duke game. I think my group of friends were the only people there that were there to support Virginia <laughs> Tech. The rest were just random bar flies at noon. But, uh, which I guess you could categorize me as sometimes, but nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it, it, it's hard not to blame people for being apathetic. Like, I give this fan base credit because. You know, they've really hung in there. But that being said, you know, three and seven, three and eight, whatever, was unprecedented. Like, we thought six and six was really bad. And we fired a guy because of it. Yeah. There are other programs that have been stuck in mediocrity for years. Yeah. Which I do not anticipate Virginia Tech doing. But, like, it could be worse. It really could. Yeah. So, and I think if it were to get worse, the idea that the fan base is just gonna stick around like it's 2016 is, uh, you know, I'd be surprised if that were to be the case. Yeah. But you know, year two, you get the schedule. Like I said, there's no, there's no overbearing test like a Michigan or a Wisconsin or something in the non-conference where you just feel like Virginia Tech has no business even attempting to play this game at this point in the tenure. Yep. Rutgers and Purdue are about as much of a non-conference challenge as I'm willing to sign up for at this point. And, you know, we don't know, but those could, should be winnable football games, I guess. You wouldn't be terribly surprised if they lost both, but, you know, again, it's not Penn State. 
And I think for, for what it's worth, I mean, I'm probably just going to end up predicting that Tech goes 6-6 six and six this fall is what it'll end up being when we make our predictions later on this summer. That That's what the prediction will probably be because I'm not going to know any better. Mike, what I really want to know is what is your prediction on Virginia Tech's next two basketball games? Because the Hokies have a road trip to Miami and they get UVA at home. Um, I kind of feels like Tech needs to get one of these. They got to get one of them. Yeah. Um, so I think so. There's there's a handful of games left, right? That are really really important. There, there's a home game against Pittsburgh here coming up soon. Um, Tech's got two games against Miami. One of which is coming on the road when you guys are listening to this podcast. Uh, it, it'll be tonight, Tuesday night, <laughs> that Tech's got Miami on the road. UVA on Saturday um, in Blacksburg is another big one. Um, and then Tech plays Duke again da- down at Cameron. I think Tech almost at this point um, needs to get at least three of those games, three of those five games I just mentioned, I think to feel comfortable, not comfortable, but like feel decent going into the ACC tournament, like that they won't have to go like win the title <laughs> to get in. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, this team and this season kind of went off the rails, obviously when Hunter Couture got hurt and it's easy to just say, and and tech hasn't played their best basketball, even when he's, he's been healthy at all times, but like, it was such an important loss. Um, you know, the guy who was like the primary, the, the secondary ball handler to Padula, the floor spacer, right? Where like he opens up so much for what they do offensively. He is the best defender on the team. There's just so much that he does that, you know, I think Tech was missing when he was out that I don't think it's that big of a surprise that Tech has played a lot of really good basketball since he's gotten back that Clemson game notwithstanding. Because even that UVA game, like that was the best Tech's offense had looked. I mean, you think about UVA's defense, like that's the best Tech's offense had looked in, in six weeks. You know, when Couture came back for that game in Charlottesville. So there's um there's a lot of really important basketball left. I think this Virginia Tech team, you know, could start using some contributions from, you know, guys like Darius Max who haven't played pretty well. Um there could be some other stuff at work there. I know he missed, you know, he, he missed the Syracuse game for for some personal reasons, family reasons, Mike Young said. So there could be other stuff going on, but like he has not played well. Right. And I think tech could use a lift from him. Um, there's a lot of pressure on the starters for tech right now is what I would say. A lot of pressure on the starters. And I think it feels like tech needs both of these Ricky to answer your original question. It feels like tech needs both of these, you know, to kind of go three and two in that five really important game stretch. I mentioned if tech splits though, I mean, I, I still think there's, you know, an opportunity to get on a little bit of a run. They just got to avoid the bad loss to Notre Dame or like the bad loss to Louisville, bad loss to Florida State at the end of the year. Like avoid those types of games and then, you know, pick off some of these games that could be quadrant one wins. And and I think they'll be in a better position going into the ACC tournament actually than they were a year ago, even though it looked bleak after a six-game losing streak. That's my long and short answer. I got to go get my baby. Baby's crying. I'll let you guys finish this up, wrap up, and I'll add the pod, of course. So 10-4. All right. Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, Tech's, at least as of today, Lenardi had Tech at 81 overall, which is two spots behind Wake Forest. Um, So they're not really – they're not on the bubble yet. Like, they're they're on the outside of the bubble, which is not a fun place to be in February, which is essentially what we're at now. But, yeah, you got to win. If you win one of the next two games – um, then that gives you a quad one win. You got to take care of business against Boston College. You've got to take care of business against Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. The Pittsburgh game becomes really critical. So does the, that Miami game. Both of those are in Castle. It'd be sure nice to get both of those, Andrew. Um, but then you get another trip to, uh, or excuse me, another game against Duke. You know what are what are Tech's chances on beating? I know Duke's not quite the team that everyone thought they might be coming into the year, but still, I think that that win boosts your resume a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, there's, there are still chances left, but I just haven't quite seen enough to give me much faith going into the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm with you, Rick. I mean, it comes down to the fact that, you know, you talk about not wanting to drop these winnable games. It's like, well, reality is if they had not dropped the winnable games earlier, you know, you don't lose to Boston college. You don't lose to NC state. Yeah, those two games back make a world of a difference. But alas, we're in the situation where we are. So, you know, I don't have too much to say about it other than I think I'm seeing two different sides of crazy here. You know, number one being people who are like calling for Mike Young's head. Like, dude, we're a year removed from winning the ACC tournament and beating two final four teams, you know, the blue bloods of college basketball in the process. Also like that'll buy you some leeway. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Tech's maybe second best player. Hunter Couture is missed critical games on the schedule. Rodney Rice was never healthy essentially. um, And will be essentially a non-contributor for the year. Um, There was a lot riding on, him coming off the bench and being a, a a real spell for for Sean Padula at guard, and he just was never able to be that because he couldn't get healthy. And then you add in the fact that Darius Maddox has made five shots in his last four games, which um, part of that's because he barely played in the last time out, but he has been a really big non-factor over the last several games, and that's killing Virginia Tech because when we – we're prognosticating the year. We kind of figured that Darius Maddox was going to be kind of that, that, um, that, you know, that lightning bolt on offense that would be able to get you a bucket when you really needed one. And he just hasn't been that guy. Sure. MJ Collins has filled in a little bit and helped out nicely, you know, more than we thought that he would. But like Mike said, this is a very thin team. They don't have a ton of depth at any position right now and uh, the starters are going to have to carry the load. Yeah, I'm with you 100%, Rick. I mean, in terms of Maddox, he was the big candidate to take a major step forward. That Mm -hmm. seemed like almost a foregone conclusion. And alas, you know, that has not been the case. It's, I mean, the slide is somewhat excusable, but not really. But the reality is that given the close nature of some of the losses early on, you, know, you could end up in a situation where Virginia Tech is shows themselves at the end of the year to be a tournament-capable team, but does make the tournament. And I think they showed that in the beginning of the year. You know, Two games with Clemson, two losses. Clemson supposed to be very good. Razor-thin margins. You know... It, Kind of obvious the team has the talent when playing well to compete with just about anybody. Yeah. And, and nonetheless. I mean, it, it's very unlikely this this happens for a second consecutive year, but I mean, the top of the ACC is not very good. I mean, Clemson is, I mean, for, for being the best team in the conference, they're kind of shaky. UVA was a little close with Syracuse tonight, probably closer than they would have liked. Um and I, I do believe UVA is a little vulnerable. Pitt, UNC, NC State, Miami, all I feel like all those teams can be had. So Virginia Tech, I think, can make a run in the tournament if they're able to get healthy all the way and they, they can turn up their best basketball. But you can't bank on doing that again. Uh, you, you've got to go into the tournament in a lot better position um, than needing to win basically three or four games in order to make the tournament. Whereas uh, if you need to win one or two games and maybe you, you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Just note that, you know, resume wise had Virginia tech not beaten Duke in the championship, despite the run that they had prior to it, both in the month of February. And then of course, getting to the tournament championship, they're probably still on the outside looking in. Yep. Then I win that game. Like, it's really tough when you make the margin for error that slim. And, you know, 
It's the second straight year of doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's the second straight year of doing that. So I'm not going to hold my breath and tell everyone it's going to happen again. It's not over until it's over. This team is good enough to make a run in the tournament. So, you know, I'll stay interested till the end. But it just, you know, Virginia Tech fans know what uh, living on the edge is like, dating back to the, the Seth Greenberg days. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not a comfortable place to be. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. Just straight up, it sucked. Being on the right, right. We've been here. rolling for a while here. How long have we been rolling? I don't know. Uh it's definitely been a long podcast. If you've uh if you've continued to listen through, we appreciate it. Thank you for coming back and listening. Um I'm assuming we'll probably wait until after the UVA game to record next. So we'll have two basketball games uh to briefly overview. And we'll probably want to spend a lot of time on all of the roster changes for football because that's uh, going to be obviously a big determining factor as to whether or not Brent Prize roster is good enough. But other than that, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, shout out Main Street Pharmacy. Uh, we'll be back. We're back. I'm declaring it. <laughs> We're back. We're it's doing not this like, again. It's not like Texas is back or Miami is back. Like we're actually back. Yeah. All us being back requires is, you know, collective effort. So I think we can pull it <laughs> off. I think we can pull it off. But yeah, Hokie Hangover Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Talk to you soon. As always, go Hokies. Mm-hmm.